I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys today because there's so much that's going on that's so interesting. This is the Lance Wallnow Show. And, uh, you know, something's coming up in February 16th, 17th, and 18th. I don't normally uh, talk about my events. And when I get there, I always feel like, why didn't I tell people what I'm doing? I'm going to be with Cousin Billy. Now, Cousin Billy is the person I go to personally for insight on what's happening with all financial things, because I've watched him go from 100, 150, like $200 million worth of, this is just people coming to him and saying, what do I do with my money? And so from real estate to stocks, to commodities, to investment scenarios of all sorts, people go to Cousin Billy. But I'm gonna be doing an event with him, February 16th, 17th, and 18th, if you'd like to come hang out with me and Annabelle, my wife, and Cousin Billy and Becky, uh, I'm going to encourage you to go to uh, lancewalnut.com forward slash wealth, because that's what Cousin manages, wealth. And by the way, just use promo code Lance24, and you can save yourself like $40 or a percentage off. You need to do the live stream. If you don't go out to Colorado, did I tell you Colorado? Colorado's where he's at. So if you don't go out to Colorado with me to go to the live event, then by all means, get this. You guys know the live events, when I recommend them, they're outstanding. Use promo code Lance24, and you're going to save $40 off the live stream. And that's uh, February 16th, 17th, and 18th, lancewallet.com forward slash wealth. Do it. You'll be happy. Today, I have something very important we're going to talk about. What's actually going on with uh, this Nikki Haley thing? I mean, look, she's not winning. Why is she raising money? Why is she getting paid millions of dollars? What's the story, Morning Glory? We're going to have to figure that out. And with me today, I have a, an emerging influencer in the podcast world. I want you to meet Isaac Davenport right over here, my trusty wingman today. And he's going to be, I'm going to be looking to him for some candid and totally unrehearsed uh, thoughts and responses to what he's hearing. So let's start off with uh, Mr. Producer back there. Let's go to video cut 18. I want to take you behind the scenes to hear a different perspective on what in the world is going on with this Nikki Haley. Who is funding her and why she's losing? The only lady I know who could actually be in third place uh, in Iowa and walk out and do a victory dance about how she's, uh, it's just a two-man race. And then when she goes to Iowa, she's so, you know, then she goes, what, New Hampshire, completely loses and celebrates it like she's spiking the football. This is strange stuff going on. I want you to hear the theory as to why she is being so propped up. Listen to this. Yeah, so Nikki Haley is really the the paradigm of the so-called Yankee Cowboy Alliance. This uh, this new this New York City London uh, Democrat liberal big finance alliance, and this sort of military energy agriculture chamber of commerce corporate Republican uh, power wing. The, these two factions were at war with each other for most of the 20th century. And then um, they're always competing for the senior and junior position within the blob of Washington. And then along came Donald Trump down the golden elevator in 2016 and, the, and knocked out both the Bush and the Clinton dynasty, knocked out both the Cowboys and the Yankees. And these two power factions have now had to bind together to, tr to try to create essentially a super Soros, a, a kind of, uh, you know, a kind of super Zord Power Ranger structure um, putting to get putting past uh, old rivalries uh, behind them to try to join forces to take on Trumpism. And Nikki Haley is kind of the well, she's the Haley Zord. You know, she's she's been uh, 
basically foisted together out of a combination of Koch brothers, cowboy money, and Reed Hoffman, uh, Jamie Dimon, Yankee money to create this Frankensteinian alt-Republican blob manifestation. Now, the reason that she's staying in the race, I think there's a lot of competing theories, uh, all with wildly divergent predictions. But one of them is, listen, this is the best press you can buy for a dollar um, at any moment in history if you are in opposition to Trump, uh, Republican competing, not just for necessarily 2024, but for who takes the mantle uh, of Trumpism after Trump or the Republican Party after Trump. It may be the case, for example, no matter what, this is basically Trump's last swing uh, up up to bat. Uh, whether he wins or loses, uh, at, at any rate, there will be a battle for the baton. There will be a sort of crisis of emerging leadership. And and the biggest stars who you know, starting out that race are going to have a big advantage. So, Isaac, here's why, why I wanted to play this, because to me this is a fascinating insight. Most people are not not hearing this story. The Yankees and the Cowboys, the idea that you've got this typically competing uh, power blocks in Washington that are all going for money and policy, and it's the big the big agriculture and the big pharma, which we know now from COVID is a huge industry. But look at what else is out there. It's what's the military industrial complex. It's Ukraine. It's it's the money machine for war, and then it's the financial markets, and it's the Jamie Dimon stuff like that. So what I'm trying to figure out is his his assessment is that both of them typically have competed. It's like the Democrats and Clinton dynasty would be over here with the the agricultural stuff, and then the the war machine was always Republican. They always always see wars out there. But the two have joined together against Trump, like the Power Rangers analogy, because he's not— on either side, at least before you'd have one guy or now both are joined together. Nikki Haley then becomes the weird uh, candidate, which explains why she's getting funding from non-MAGA donors that are in like San Diego or San Francisco, billionaires that are giving her money, not because she's going to win, but because she could actually uh, suck up some psychic oxygen so that her name is big enough to pick up the baton when Trump's off the scene and kind of like recover the Republican mantle. What's your, now I just dropped that on the whole audience and you're a young guy, how old are you? Uh, 19. 19 years old, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, but as you're hearing that, what do you think of that? Does that make sense now that you hear it? I think so. When I'm thinking about it, like why does she not even have a chance in her own state in the primaries? In the polls, she's she's not even anywhere close to Trump, and that's her own home state. So why is she even still in the race at this point? So you're in social media. The reason why she's doing it, according to their theory here, is she's building an audience. And it's kind of like this weird thing I, I, I found years ago. It was years ago when Hillary Clinton and Sarah Palin were both having these huge negatives, like, you know, they were for or against them. But the more that you're visible in terms of the, uh, the, the the social media, the better it is for sales overall anyway. So I so the game is she's increasing regardless of what happens. Her visibility is going up, up, up. The donor money's there even if she loses. The billion dollars worth of money that's behind her 
is her war chest for whatever she wants to do next. In the meantime, you can expect her to be in MSNBC and all these other shows uh, because she, she ain't going anywhere. She's propped up in the saddle of the, you know, the fake Republican Party. And I don't think anybody's going to be able to, uh, to be able to destroy Trump unless it's um, the big fear that is out there, which is an assassin or maybe some conviction. Now, this, the other news cycle that's kind of interesting, Isaac, is there's a uh, Trump just lost his $83 million punishment case for a crime that he says not only he never committed, he says he never even met the woman who's accusing him of, of uh, molesting her in a dressing room at a department store in New York City. He said, I never even met you. Do they have any video cameras even showing me anywhere near that store? She had the year wrong when it happened. It's over 30 years ago. Then she said, oh, maybe it wasn't this year. Maybe it was the other year. And then she said, but I know exactly what I was wearing when he assaulted me. Then they checked that out and found out that the dress that she said she was wearing hadn't been designed till two years after she said she wore it. So she can't get the year right. There's no video footage showing that Trump was even in the, in, in the department store. And, uh, but the, here's the way that they do this. The wicked machinery on the left will find a Soros-funded DA, somebody who basically will weaponize the office of being a district attorney or, or a, 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 an official, and they will try Trump for anything in order to get the case where their corrupt influence is the strongest. So New York City juries, 93%, like in Washington, D.C., 93% are going to poll anti-Trump. So the likelihood is you can get yourself a corrupt DA to create a case out of fiction, but try the case where the jury's the most prejudiced, you can get a conviction. Now, the American people are watching this $83 million punishment, which is basically broken up into various, it's like $16 million for, uh, you know, for pain and $30 million for psychological damage. And, and it's all with a woman who claims her career was screwed up by Trump uh, denying her claim and slandering her. So she's paying for damages, not even, not even paying this to prove that he did this, but praying, getting paid because Trump slandered her after she made the accusation. And uh, the result is there's actually two areas that could possibly be appealed. This is the only part that I want to encourage you out there with because I can't believe, I, I, don't, I don't act indifferently when I hear these stories. It bothers me when I hear them. You know, when I hear that, you know, Giuliani's having to pay $150 million, they, the left will bankrupt you to destroy you. And the audience just moves on to the next story. I don't do that. I, I, I feel like this is happening to somebody I know. His attorney, his attorney, whose name is Alina Haba, she said this, she had this comment. Ladies and gentlemen, you are not allowed to be stripped of every defense that you have. You are not allowed to be told that you can't bring it up and imagine a point where a judge tells the lawyer before your client, the former president of the United States, the leading candidate and obvious nominee for the Republican Party, before he takes the stand to defend himself, Ms. Haba, tell me the questions you're going to ask 
in open court and tell me exactly what he's going to respond. And then edited my questions, edited the response he was allowed to give. And guess what my client did? He took the stand. He abided by the rules of this corrupt system that I have seen. We will immediately appeal. We will set aside that ridiculous jury. And I just want to remind you all of one thing. I will continue with President Trump to fight for everybody's First Amendment right to speak. And here's the point. No, people don't realize how I just told you the DA is corrupt. Then we find out this week the judge had a personal relationship with the prosecutor that is working in defense of this woman has got these accusations. The judge was a mentor to that attorney, which means they have a prior undisclosed relationship. So now you've got an impartial judge who's actually working with the prosecutor. In their history, they have a relationship, and that wasn't disclosed. I don't know why that information wasn't made public. I can't imagine something as big as this, and nobody knows about it. But okay, so now you're, uh, you're 19 years old, and you hear news going out like that. Who knows whether or not it was a big interest to you, but I'm curious. Did you, uh, was it your impression that, uh, did you hear about the story at all? And, 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 and what was your thinking as, as you're hearing the news about that? Was it just your first impression was, well, did he do something or there must be more to the story? Or what, what were you thinking? Because you probably don't get what I just got, which is this information. Yeah, I feel like whenever I hear about all these different lawsuits against Trump, it's like Trump is like one big mud monster. And the more mud that the media or the Democrats throw on him, it just feeds his his want to win. Like they they can't hurt him more than they already have. And so he just takes these things and consumes them. And unless they're actually able to convict him, which I don't know what would happen then, I feel like he's just going to take these and, and use them as drive to, to win the election. Yeah, and I'll tell you what it really, I, I think you're right. I think uh, he's built for combat. He will be able to appeal this. I don't know if the appeal has any strength uh, where that goes technically because the jury's made their, their decision. But you know what the argument was of the judge or of the uh, lawyer when he was saying, you have to decide on the amount? He said, look, the guy's a billionaire. He'll never feel it. Send him a message. So this was actually a message solicitation from a largely Democrat jury in New York that doesn't like Trump. Send him a message. He'll never feel it. He's a billionaire. He could do a million a day and not feel it. That was the closing argument of the prosecutor. And so Trump's going to have to go through this one, two, three, four more times. And I think you're right. I think every time it happens, I mean, I'm hearing Joe Rogan. I don't know if you ever listen to Joe Rogan, but I, I, I'm fascinated with secular, you know, podcasting. And he's just like dropping F-bombs on the thing. He's going, what in the world? And they're talking about this lady's crazy. I mean, they got a scene from Anderson Cooper. I mean, I know I got a nice Christian audience out there, but you got to know what's going on. And this woman's interviewed by Anderson Cooper and Anderson freaks out. He went, he cut for a break because he's talking about, you know, she's a sex columnist and relationship columnist in New York. And he says, you know, he says rape is a very serious thing. She goes, well, I don't think so. I think rape is, can be actually a very romantic fantasy. And he looks at her like she's actually a screwball. And you see Andrew Cooper going, let's cut for a break right now. 
That's the woman who, when she's like 72 years or 73 years of age, she's no longer a relevant columnist in New York, obviously. She's older. People get retired. But she says it's because of Trump that her career was damaged. I say it's be, uh, it's, it, but she's already celebrating how she's going to spend that $83 million. I think this produces for people a repulsion and a concern about the American um, system, which explains one more thing, and then I'm going to go over to the, the whiteboard, the glass board. Uh, do you guys have this, uh, what do we have? Uh, do we have a, 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 I guess we have a clip here somewhere, a Nikki Haley's tweet. Go to graphic 14. Nikki Haley does, speaking of crazy Nikki, she does a tweet about Jean Carroll. This is the woman who got awarded her 83 million. And you want to talk about a tone-deaf, stupid response. Donald Trump wants to be the presumptive Republican nominee, and we're talking about, we're talking about $83 million in damages. We're not talking about fixing the border. We're not talking about tackling inflation. America can do better than Donald Trump and Joe Biden. In other words, she could care less that the justice system in America will target an innocent civilian smear them with a false accusation, rig the system, and bankrupt them. She says, big deal. Who's, why are we talking about that? We should be talking about inflation. I think we should be talking about sending Nikki Haley home and getting on with the real world. Right now, the, um, China is buying up gold at record rates. You're not hearing about this in the news. Russia is buying up gold at record rates. What does China and what does Russia know about the American economy that controls like the dollar-denominated globe out there? They know that the American economy under Biden is as bad as our military. And that's why they're attacking us over 100 times in the last uh, six months. We've been attacked by uh, proxies of uh, Iran. Iran just signed an agreement with Russia in uh, solidifying their unity as two nations working together. China and Russia and Iran are basically beginning to form a pact. Why is gold being bought up? I think it's because they know the American economy with $34, $35 trillion worth of debt is in a serious freefall. By the way, what is the United States doing? While other countries are buying gold, we're fooling around with how to create a digital currency. It's almost like they're expecting the collapse of something, but they want to get their claws into you with digital data. I'm going to suggest to you that you all take action. You, you need to read this 20-page report that I've got uh, on Birch Gold. Just read the report. Go to lancewoman.com forward slash Birch and decide for yourself if the silver is mine and the gold is mine is what the Bible says in Haggai. Maybe God is giving us a clue that during a period of intense shaking, you should be moving your money away from what may be unstable like the American dollar and putting it into what is a historic store of value, gold and silver. Just check it out, and you'll see why I've helped so many people put their IRA or their retirement or lock it in on gold, which is stable, rather than the dollar and America, which is going through an intense shaking right now. All right, that's my, that's my exhortation. LanceWillow.com forward slash Birch. I'm going to head over here to the board. And uh, Isaac, I want to give you a Bible verse. Here's an unusual segue for the program. What do you do as a young man when you're hearing all this negative news, right? You, gotta, you have to have a way of filtering out what's going on so that it doesn't produce anxiety and depression and distress. 
And here's what I want to read you a scenario here to share an idea within the next five minutes that I think can change your life. Since here in the book of Acts, chapter 13, that uh, the Apostle Paul goes off to this place called Antioch. And in verse 42 of chapter 13 of the book of Acts, when the Jews went out of the synagogue, there was a sermon that uh, Paul was giving. The Gentiles begged that the words that were spoken could be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now, the Gentiles represents a new audience. And when the congregation broke up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes, those are people that were converting to Judaism, they followed Paul and Barnabas, who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the message they had, that God was giving supernatural grace to mankind that mankind could be saved and redeemed and have a relationship with their creator that would manifest in multiple ways in the miserable earth. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Notice this, next Sabbath, almost the whole city. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. And this is a powerful insight. Almost the whole city is gathered together. But what's happening is the people that have power and, and privilege are frequently threatened by a message which is pulling away the power and the privilege from them. This is like what's happening in America. You're, I'm, I'm making a parallel on purpose, and I'm doing it at my own peril. I'm saying that a lot of the political discussions going on is a lot of the attack that is against people that are part of the populist movement, the MAGA movement, or Trump, the populist candidate, it isn't really because securing the border is a bad idea, or not going to war isn't a good idea, or uh, cracking down on China and fentanyl isn't a good idea. All those ideas, everybody agrees, are good. It's because the power is being taken away from the Washington people that have had it. My point about the Nikki Haley thing, it's the power brokers that are threatened by this movement. And so they contradict, they blaspheme, they oppose because they're envious that their power is being competed with by somebody else. It's the same dynamic. So Paul and Barnabas grew bold. They said, you know, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, but since you're rejecting it, you judge yourself unworthy of the very message we bring. You're rejecting your own gift of eternal life. From now on, we won't go to the Jews. We're going to go to the receptive Gentiles. Woo! Because the Lord has commanded us, and then they quote a Bible verse, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for the salvation, uh, for salvation to the ends of the earth. And I think they're quoting there uh, probably uh, the prophet Isaiah. Now watch this. When the Gentiles heard that, they were actually glad. They were, yay! They're actually going to get, these guys are going to hang out with them. And they glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life, they actually believed, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. Now the message is going on. The Gentiles are receptive. The Jews are folding their arms. They're angry that they're, they're, they're losing their power of influence, but... Watch what happens. This is like, right, this modern, this is what's happening in America. The Jews are, are substitute the elites. They uh, stirred up, catch this, 
they stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, both Jews and Gentiles. They poisoned them. They got into their ear and made accusations about the movement. So much so that there was a persecution raised up against Paul and Barnabas, and they were expelled from the region. Here's my point. Paul and Barnabas, Isaac, have gone through rejection, persecution, unjust abuse by a manipulation of elites, stirring up opposition based on lies. And what does the Bible say? They shook off the dust from their feet, and they came to Iconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Since this is my own podcast and not a television broadcast, I can go over five minutes. I don't have to worry about TV. I'm going to give you the five-minute reason. Why, Isaac, can you see injustice? John Jean Carell, $83 million worth of Trump's wealth going to a woman who makes up an accusation and says she's suffered psychological damage in Trump's defense. How can you as a believer watch what's happening in America, watch the news cycle, see injustice, and still be filled with joy? I'll suggest to you, and here it is. I'm going to show it to you here. Going to the board. And it's a diagram we've used before, but I want you to see how it works. This is how you, uh, the media actually controls and the school system controls and uh, entertainment controls the imagination of people. First, you have the event. So the event is whatever the news cycle is covering. So the event could be Donald Trump going to court again because he's got another indictment. He's a criminal. Well, how do you know he's a criminal? All we know is going to court. Well, there is always a belief that you form about the event. And the way that MSNBC and CNN or the way that the universities are able to propagandize is they take any event and now watch how this works. This is so muy importante that you get this. The way that you see things is determined by who is interpreting the event. Whoever is explaining to you what does that mean, what's going on, the teacher, the preacher, the journalist, the comedian, the late night show, their interpretation and belief about what's happening shapes how you see what's happening. Now, based on your beliefs, this is how all life works. You'll make decisions. You'll make decisions. Well, I, I wouldn't be a Christian because, uh, because I've heard that Christians were involved with the insurrection and you were all about... So if you believe that the event of January 6th was a Christian nationalist thing, even though it's a lie, if that's your belief... Well, then your decision is going to be that all Christians are dangerous. And when you hear me come to your town, you're going to come protest me, even though I can declare I'm innocent. But I just showed you a story in the Bible where this is what happens. Well, the problem is decisions always lead to results. You could say your harvest 
Whatever you're getting in life is a direct result of your decisions. Your decisions are a direct consequence of what you believe. And what you believe is based on your interpretation of life experiences. Does that make sense to you so far? All right, so what causes Paul and Barnabas to have joy is that the event that they went through, which is persecution and unjust abuse, doesn't make them say, I am a victim, it is unjust, the world stinks, you can't get a fair deal. Somehow they ended up having a harvest of joy. How did that happen? Because here's what I believe a Christian interpretation is. Regardless of what happens in the event, the belief that they had was that they had preached the word of God, that they had a harvest among the Gentiles, and that therefore, based upon the fact that God had given them success, they could move on from there and make the decision that they would dust off their feet, release themselves from the frustration, and that they would end up having a harvest of joy. So I'm going to suggest something to you. As long as you are faithful to be doing what God's called you to do, to live by the word of God, to speak the word of God, and to be judged by the word of God, it doesn't matter what your enemies say. The, the Bible says that the righteous are guaranteed they're going to suffer persecution. But rather than becoming bitter, your decision is going to be, as long as my persecution is because I'm doing right, then I believe that God is the one who ultimately is in charge and that God will bless me. And because of that, your faith is always able to rise above the persecution, the accusation, or the injustice. Your challenge is going to be making sure you don't believe what you're told about what you're hearing and seeing happen in the news. You have to be able to discern what God's actually saying. If you can do that, you'll make the kinds of decisions, you get the kind of results that will give you joy. I say to you that your belief on everything has to be filtered through what does the Word of God say about this? What does the Bible say? In the last days, men shall be lovers of their own selves. The Apostle Paul says in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 13, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Because of that, there'll be times of stress. I'm not expecting the world actually to get better and better. I am expecting, like the verse I read, there to be a harvest that is coming forth and that cities and nations are going to be rightly divided and that we're going to see more people coming to the knowledge of the truth now than ever before. And if that's your belief, you're lining up with what the Bible says. Jesus said the harvest is the end of the world. He doesn't say the wicked, but the harvest. Focus on the harvest, because all of this that's happening in America is actually producing the climate for a harvest. And if you believe that, you'll have joy regardless of what you're going through. Make sense? Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. God bless you. We're entering a period of time that has increased hostility against people of faith. It's a time when Christians are going to be tested on a moral, physical, psychological, and even a financial basis. I'm here to remind you that God is the one who has blessed you thus far, and He will take care of you in the future. You have a divine responsibility, however, to see trouble and prepare yourself. For example, with record inflation eating away at the value of the U.S. dollar, the savings in your retirement account is in danger of slipping away. I recommend diversifying your 401k or IRA out of paper assets and into physical gold. 
And the best way to do that is with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. Now that includes no penalties, there's no taxes, when you transfer current retirement funds into Birch Gold. To see how it works, I want you to go to lancewalla.com forward slash Birch and get your free info kit, and you'll be glad that you did. Did you enjoy this latest episode? Please remember to share it with your friends, because the more knowledge you have, the better equipped you are to navigate the world.